Welcome back to Fine Beats and Cheeses, the podcast that we swear is not the live broadcast of an alien invasion. My name is Leslie Gray Streeter. <laughs> I am a columnist for the Baltimore Banner, a writer, an author, and a person who would just as soon not be zapped by aliens. Uh, my co-host is. I am Lynn Streeter Childress. I am a playwright. I'm a director. Um, I, do, I do theater stuff. I'm also a teaching artist, and I always feel like somebody's watching me. Come here, the three. Oh, thank you. Um, we are joined today by producer Sam. What? <laughs> it's true. You're here. And huh. Leslie, Leslie, introduce the cat. Oh my goodness, the guest today, you you know her, you love her, uh, from our Goth Girl episode. Um, how long ago was that? March. March, thank you, well, of course really? she knows. Oh of course God. she knows. Uh, this is Rissa Miller, everyone. She is a former journalist, a photographer, a, um, a historian, a speaker, um, uh, just a person who's one of my absolute favorite people in the entire world. And she's also incredibly smart. And you may have seen her on your international and local, um, interwebs and television talking about all sorts of things. Uh, there's a lot about to be a whole lot of Krampus content, uh, happening in the world. And by God, she's at the forefront of it. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. Miss, what are we talking about today? Today we are going to look up to the sky, and I believe Krampus is terrestrial. Yes. So the current uh, word is UAP, um, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. We mm. used to call them UFOs uh, before mm -hmm. 2020 when the government decided to rename them UAPs. Interesting. I know it. Yeah. Up, you got to get up to date on these things. See, that's why we have you. <laughs> Because you're smart. You know, see those t-shirts that say, that's what I do. I read books and I know things. That's, and it's always like a cat who's looking at you really judgily. Right. And that's, Sam was like, yes, him too. Exactly. Yeah. I, so that. I may or may not have been given that shirt multiple occasions by family members. Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> I was actually given, I was given a mug that says, I'm silently correcting your grammar. <laughs> and it's true. Um, but but she's polite about it. It's like I am silently unable to smell the word receipt. Um, as no, I can't. I can't there's, do it. There's another word. Oh, recommend. I do not know how to spell recommend. It's too many C's and M's, and I don't know where where they go. And I thank you, spell check. Mm -hmm. I literally just wrote a recommendation letter today for a young lady that I've been mentoring for a while. And I literally had to make sure that I did not spell recommend wrong in her recommendation letter, <laughs> thus losing her the job immediately. So there you are. Um, anywho, um, so why are we talking about this, uh, Rissa? What is your fascination or interest in UAPs? Is that right? Well, you know, honestly, I think most people, if you're honest, have some sort of interest in UAPs because we all have a question in our mind. What else is out there? We look yeah. up at the sky. We see these beautiful pictures of the stars and other planets, and we think, are we alone? And now, there are definitely people who say, yeah, we're it. Nothing else could be out there. You know, right. in a fascinating note, though, NASA's already proven that's simply not a fact. Mm -hmm. um, as we have explored asteroids and Mars, our closest neighbors, we know there are other things out there. Now, I, I don't work at NASA. In the interest of full disclosure, I have been in NASA once, but I was hired to photograph their new HVAC system for the record. Ooh. But uh, yes, in my <laughs> photography career, there have been many glamorous moments, you know, <laughs> Getting into NASA, even to photograph the HVAC system, is still quite an experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to see the inner workings of a building like that, super interesting. That but awesome. I digress. So I think that it's not just me that has an interest in UFOs. There's a reason that UFOs, when you are looking at the supernatural world, are one of the most popular subjects. There are a series of, on television, like Ancient Aliens. I swear there are 500 seasons of that show. Mm -hmm. um, Roughly. But um, if you think back to so many of the popular uh, pop culture things, uh, you know, X-Files, all of this leads back into the question of, are we alone in the world? 
And, you know, when you asked me to come back on the show, I looked at this topic uh, through a different lens. Mm -hmm. Obviously, UFOs can be made very cheesy and extremely humorous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what about the people uh, who, who believe or have seen something? You know, in my work as a ghost tour guide, I see a lot of people who wait until the end and then they walk up to me mm. and they're extremely sincere. And many of them are extremely troubled or even traumatized. And they're like, I've seen something I can't explain. Mm. I have and they want to tell someone their story yep. who will listen with compassion and an open mind because their family, their colleagues, their friends judge them and say they're crazy. Or, they, or they've never told anyone before. And yeah, I definitely hear ghost stories and I hear Bigfoot stories and I do hear UFO stories. And I am always open to hearing people's stories with compassion because I, I'm like Agent Mulder. I want to believe. I mm -hmm. want to believe that they did indeed see and experience something. So when I was thinking about a way to anchor this onto popular culture for you, the Encounters programs on Netflix that came out in September of this year were incredibly moving. Um, there was it, was it was a four episode show. It went all over the world. There was a, a part from Texas, a part from Japan, a part from Wales, and a part from Zimbabwe. And the part from Zimbabwe practically moved me to tears. Oh. 62 children in a school shared a UFO experience. Mm. And then they were told it wasn't real. They, mm. Some of them have had lifelong trauma, not from the experience, but from how people treated them afterwards. Oh, my God. And I have to tell you that one of the things that is that it happens a lot in UFO UAB movies is that these things happen all over the world as if to say you can't explain away something happens in Zimbabwe and then in New Jersey or in Canada or in Australia because they didn't all see this the sky doesn't look the same way at that time you know you can't say oh we all saw this thing or um you know we'll, we'll talk later about independence day which briefly which we spoke about in its own podcast episode a couple weeks ago or was that last week it was the one i don't know it's the one that came out last week we're recording this on december the first so that was the episode that we did the last week of november that came out but yeah we've recorded it a couple of weeks ago yeah i was just gonna say so very quickly years ago um there was a movie it was all right. Uh, it was probably 1993 called Fire in the Sky that yes. uh, starred D.B. Sweeney, who was I named a cat after, who was uh, it still remains a, a favorite actor of mine. And, and he played this guy, this real life guy who was uh, abducted by by aliens. And I interviewed both D.B. Sweeney and the real um, guy, Travis. I forget his last name. And he's a devout Mormon. And I said, which is one of the reasons that people didn't believe him because they were like, that's heresy. Why would you say this? You know, there's no, you know, it's against God to say that this exists. He's like, it happened. I don't know what to tell you. And I said, how do you still, I mean, obviously it happened to you, but how do you tell people this story in a way that reconciles with your faith? And he said the thing from this 30 years ago, and I've never forgotten this. And it made me, it opened my eyes to so many things. He said, we are taught that God is infinite and amazing and unstoppable and capable of anything. How then could I say that my God is not capable of having all these other things be true as well? And he just said, you know, if they exist, it's because God exists and they do exist because I've seen them. And I can very comfortably say if God is infinite, so is the possibility. And that was so it just changed a lot of my because how he goes how am i supposed to understand everything i don't i'm not god i was like okay yeah you were talking about the um encounters program so my son and i watched the texas episode um yesterday and there was a guy in it who's a devout christian dude i mean he was the guy who was sitting down with his kids talking about prophecy and talking about like Ezekiel and the Bible. And so Ezekiel and the Bible saw the wheel in the middle of the wheel, the, um, but about basically the phenomenon of seeing something in the sky that you don't quite understand. But, and so I was very interested and he said, he thinks that, that, that what he saw that they're angels. Mm. Um, so again, making room in theology for what is in front of you. It's like people who, 
see dinosaur bones and please don't pick at me don't come at me people but i'm just saying <laughs> people who see dinosaur bones and then say okay those things are actually real mm-hmm. i believe this how do i reconcile that with this and not the people who are like um god put those there to make us believe i don't know whatever like they weren't actually real but we're not doing sorry don't come at me people if you believe my, in my but i my, will but but i will i'm just saying but i will say it's interesting how people's faith makes room for the existence of things that you may not want to believe yes you know i think the other point in all of this that um i'm going to pull in is that these are things that are not comfortable to believe Mm -hmm. and you know if we're raised in any faith that is becomes the frame through which we look at the world and if i mean and there are lots of different faiths in the world Mm -hmm. so from that point of view to have to add something it it becomes a little bit uh like oh do i have to make room for this because that seems uncomfortable right now because growth is always uncomfortable and change is usually uncomfortable girl so, you know, to make room for the idea that we're not it, that we're not all there mm-hmm. is, uh, it, it adds a whole different element to the conversation. I mean, we're a species that can't even accept different colors of coats on cats. You know, um, there's a reason that um, black cats are 80% less adopted. It's because oh, yeah. we're scared of them. You know, most black cats die in shelters mm-hmm. because we're afraid. How then, if we're afraid of a fur color on a cat, can we possibly make room in our mind for the idea that there's whole other species out there that are possibly way more advanced than ours and possibly already here or not far? That's wild. And it is wild. And, and, it's, and it's, it's true. It's really funny. We were watching... Um, uh, yesterday and that some people were like oh I believe in it and I was watching this with my 11 year old and he goes I believe it um and I think it's I, easy cause he, right because he doesn't have the hang-ups they're like but nope. you know what dude I believe it too I believe it too my son does as well because it just makes sense yeah he watches a lot of television because he's related to me but he also watches a lot of when I let him, a lot of kids YouTube, when I let him go on YouTube, it's almost always, it's either gamer stuff or he's looking for things about science and, and aliens come up a lot. And he believes that that's all a part of science because it's stuff he doesn't understand that he wants to, to understand. And I, I think that we have been taught as a society that wanting to know more than we're told is bad and that that's okay. You just, listen to what we tell you and you'll be fine don't ask any questions by the way where's your wallet what didn't say anything never mind what um so we've been placated into a comfort that we are the as Rosa said the be all to end all and the only um because it makes more sense to control because if there's somebody else some other being some other species that is controlling the people that control us what are they going to do you know that's chaos. I'd like to talk about one of the big granddaddies of it all, um, pop culture wise for this, uh, which I I listened to this morning as I was writing, um, which was the Orson Welles production of H.G. Wells' uh, War of the Worlds. And I have to say something. I apologize to all those people that I used to make fun of. I remember no, I, I'm being honest. I when I first heard of War of the Worlds and how mm-hmm. when it came out on the radio, people who had not heard the beginning that it was actually a theatrical production truly believed that the world was being attacked. New Jersey specifically was being attacked uh, by aliens. And I would go, how could what the oh, whatever. But now you look what's happening now with QAnon. Please don't write me letters and um, all the conspiracy theories and people are led to believe some really stupid things that seem ludicrous and like they would would not be true because they saw it on the Internet or because enough people told them it was true and it seemed right with what they were going through in life to interpret life through that. So we absolutely would believe that this was true. 
absolutely no doubt in my mind. Well, you know, when you go back to the 1938 radio show, mm -hmm. War of the Worlds. So honestly, first of all, it compared to other radio shows at the time, I think the production quality was amazing. amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the way they cut in and out of the orchestra <laughs> show. And that was my favorite. I'll talk about that. Yeah. Thing. That was my favorite part, but go ahead. Yes. The way they cut in and out of the orchestra show really gave it this like flair of authenticity that yes. you are, you know, in the moment listening to the music. Wait, suddenly everybody's dying in New Jersey. <laughs> and then, you know, you, the narrator, the emotion in it. And mm -hmm. this was way before. We have the technology we have now. So put yourself in the mindset of someone Absolutely. in 1938, right? Um, you are in a totally different place. There's no social media. There's mm -hmm. no video. There's no television. And you are listening to something that sounds true. Sounds I'm true. sure people were convinced. It takes Absolutely. less than that to convince people. To That's, what That's what you I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because now it's like you just go, hey, this might be true. Um, there's this current thing they do where they'll find pictures of, of female celebrities and make it look like they have a penis. And they'll go, what's that shadow? And people will go, absolutely. Taylor Swift's a man. It's like, okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So every woman there's not beyonce's a man we already thought they thought michelle obama was a man any woman in the last decade who is at all lady gaga at one point she had this interview God, who was that with oh with the anderson cooper i think where she basically tore him a new one where i uh, there was this rumor that she had a penis and she goes who cares she goes even if i what if i do <laughs> it's you know like it, when yeah, you look okay. at listing all of those women, I think everybody is just jealous of A, their incredible success, and B, their amazingly buff arms. Yep, absolutely. Oh. I go, how, I'm sitting at home eating Nutella out of a bowl. How do I not look like this? And I eat bowl, so I'm telling you, I just have, it's it's okay that I don't look like that because I don't want to stop eating Nutella out of a bowl. So anyway. I want, I want to eat Nutella out of a bowl. I had lobster mashed potatoes yesterday. It's like a great mashed potatoes with a gravy that's made from lobster. Uh, thank you, Russ, who took me to lunch um, and bought I actually, lobster mashed potatoes. I, I actually looked at recipes for homemade cookie butter. So this is where I am. <laughs> this, is, this is where we are. But all of that to say that I think that one of the, Lynn talked about, talk about the orchestra thing. Okay. So this was hilarious. So um, in War of the Worlds, there, you know, saying that this is a, a broadcast and they say um you know you're joining us for the uh we're listening from the wilshire ballroom at the you know tommy nicholas orchestra playing stardust and then you'll hear the music and they'll go oh we're cutting in breaking news oh exactly. you know in in new jersey we see this and we'll go to so-and-so oh, great wonderful okay back to the music and then they keep going back to the music and it's so wild again knowing what we know now but that they were just there's nothing to see here folks exactly Let's go back to the orchestra and and you're kind of like if you had been listening to this you'd be like wait what what is happening why are we <laughs> hearing music why is no one acting like this is a big deal what the heck and they're lying so to us it's a it's a conspiracy the one thing where the guy is talking who's the guy in the out there in the field and it cuts off and it's silent for like four or five seconds and they go oh, and then they go oh yeah dead state troopers in new jersey nothing to see here okay and, hold and on I, hold on one second leslie move your um thank you go ahead okay back to the music um because i was telling lynn that absolutely people would say see that there's obviously something happening because they're trying to distract us with with the music um with the whoever orchestra playing stardust um we, we know the storytelling in that original war of the worlds was so good at building tension oh, and yeah the way like the tension just kept ratcheting up and ratcheting up and i mean obviously in any kind of a thriller or ufo or action movie you want that ratcheting up of the tension you want the gradual build until you see the monster mm -hmm. but you know what i love about war of the worlds the old one is that you never see the monster. You have to mm -hmm. imagine it. Yes. It's way more impactful to not see the monster 
you just hear screaming. And mm-hmm. so what's interesting, so as we talk about building the tension, they go, the reporter guy goes to talk to this um, professor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's right, Orson right. Welles. Who's the Orson Welles, right? Yeah. Right. And, but then he, it's basically kind of like nothing to see here. So do you think that there is like that the Martians are coming? No, no, of course not. And so it's just, so you could just re- now back to Stardust and the orchestra. <laughs> um, but then it's like, oh no, there's something. So come with me. And he brings him with him mm-hmm. to the, um, to go look. And so it just gets, you, you get, um, you, it's like a great movie, right? You get, uh introduced to and then attached to and then you believe these people who are in in times of minor crisis right you think there's a problem and they go they, the storm changes go look at the storm right and you mm-hmm. see them in there in their car i have twister in my head you know eating chips and like whatever but then you trust them when things when crap hits the fan and so that was the again knowing what, what i know now you know, a thousand years later, it's still so affecting. Like I was listening mm-hmm. to it. So Rissa said, you can listen to this and like cook. So I was listening to it in the background and dusting yesterday. Um, and I had my phone up on my bookcase and I kept stopping and being like, holy crap. And so people would walk by, people being my family would walk by and be like, what the heck are you listening to? But it's the end of my son wanted to listen to the end of, end of it with me. Is that freaking good? It's yeah, so and it's almost 100 years old, you know? Yeah. Almost, we're, we're close. And, you know, I think one of the other pieces of War of the World, it, War of the Worlds, is that these are not friendly aliens. No, there are plenty right. of concepts where the aliens coming are actually friendly. So, like, that's what you saw in the Netflix encounters. They're either sort of just watching or they're actually friendly and have a good message. So the reality is we we don't know. We don't know. Whoever else may or may not be out there, if they'd be friendly or not. And We don't even uh, know if we would understand how they think. Honestly, at this point, our planet is dying. What would they want it for anyway? You know, they're going to go find some other thing. They're like, you know what? Y'all ruined it. We were, we were going to colonize y'all 100 years ago, but you had crap management, and now your heir is going to die, and Elon Musk is trying to come find us or whatever. So you know what? <laughs> Let's not do this. Well, you had was, your chance. Yes. Maybe he volunteers as tribute. <laughs> he he won't. Um, that was he won't. Um, so one of the things about okay Independence Day, so we're going, sort of going back and forth, is that what was so stone cold about those aliens from that movie is they didn't care about colonizing us. They were going from planet to planet, killing to everybody, stuck up the re- to kill yeah. people, stuck up their resources, and then move on to the next. So I I love that it even removed this idea that we were special. We were just next on the list, mm-hmm. right? Of, of places to go. <laughs> To well, quote you know, Chris Cornell, you're not self or nothing so divine, just next in line. Right. Well, you know, in an interesting note, I was reading an article this morning and they quoted some various experts. One of them was a gentleman who works at SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. And so SETI's mindset is that they're not going to be malevolent. They're just going to be different. Now, they don't know that. That's just their public statement. And then you have geniuses like Stephen Hawking, the physicist, who's like, we shouldn't be looking for them. They're not going to be friendly. Mm. Now, he is kind of, you know, one of the most brilliant minds to have lived in our time, mm-hmm. but he's he was adamantly against it. You know, my thought, though, is we've been broadcasting into space for a really long time. Like yeah. since the War of the Worlds was on the air, we've been broadcasting stuff out into space and it would really depend on where they are, or how many light years away, what they would be hearing. You know, would they think Interesting. That that's still where we are? You know, would they be getting our messages from 100 years ago or would they understand where we are now? So they might not know our planet is spent. They might think mm. things will still look good here and it's worth coming to, you know, harvest, you know, so we mm. have no idea. There's all this uncertainty around that concept. Can, can I can I interject one brief note here? Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the resources in our solar system are not on Earth. Right. It's it's ridiculous to even think that that would be a point. If they're coming to visit, is because they're interested in us. That's it. Otherwise, there's we have nothing. Nobody cares. <laughs> 
swoops through Jupiter, you've got everything you ever wanted, and you don't have to talk to anybody. True. Well, and what's so funny too is a point in some of these movies. That's why it's interesting when you have the idea that these things are happening all over the world. But mm -hmm. often when we say us, we mean the United States, right? Yes. Because we think that we are the only nation worth having anything to take from. And then of course people would want to come here and come get us because we're the only ones with the technology and we're the only ones with ever. That's what I loved about Close, Close Encounters. We're going in and out, right? But that these things were happening all over the world and that people all over the world were singing that, dun, 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 mm -hmm. right? Is that it was this global thing. The same with Independence Day, even though it was almost very easy to miss the worldwide stuff because so much of it was about the rah-rah <laughs> American response to it. And yeah, the and Americans were the ones who led the fight for everyone else to do so it was still this even if everyone else is involved it's really us well and that they attack on americans independence day we're one country right and that the somehow the aliens are like you know what today is let's go do this today um <laughs> we hate them we hate <laughs> suck screw you bill pullman um is what the aliens were saying but uh um, you know, bite your tongue no one would ever say i know you're saying what the aliens would say but we are bill pullman love zone here yes we are <laughs> we we try and sam goes this is true i i hear this name entirely too much um i obviously <laughs> at no point have i ever argued with you on your conclusions God bless you. I wouldn't because they true. They're all well, true. You no, know, going with the worldwide phenomenon, you know, encounters definitely covered that too. They picked out uh, four different continents to, you right. know, uh, document true alien stories. But then, you know, like Arrival in 2016, the Amy mm. Adams movie, that was oh. about language. That was beautiful. And beautiful uh, the aliens came to many different places and different countries react differently in that movie. Of course, it's set in America and we're looking at it from that American point of yeah. view again. But, you know, they also in Arrival successfully showed other countries' points of view mm -hmm. and then how poorly we were working together as a species. Um, yes. You know, and I think that they, they show in Independence Day, there's there's unity and we all work together. And in Close yeah. Encounters, there's a lot of fear, but a little more yeah. unity. And yet yeah. the newest of these in Arrival, there's not unity. No. And humans, the whole point of the alien's visit was to remind us that we are all the same species and that we actually need to work together on our planet. And um, they they wanted to bring this message to us. Yes. There, yeah, we suck. The, there is a great... <laughs> Uh, scene in that where Amy Adams is <laughs> trying to explain because they're they're pushing her they're pushing her you know to what are they saying what are they saying and she's like I want to get this right and they like we don't have time we want you to just <laughs> tell us so she tells a story about how when English speaking people went to Australia and talked to the Aborigines and they Captain Cook yep that that yeah. part's true yeah and they pointed to an animal with a baby in its pouch and said what is that called and they said kangaroo and they said great it's called a kangaroo she goes kangaroo basically meant we don't understand what you're saying i i also love that scene yeah it, it does really drive home the importance of communication yes the fact that we've been called she goes i want to make sure that be just because we're rushing or because i don't understand that i'm going to tell you something that's wrong that's crucial so it's worth it to take the time and, and as as a writer i really enjoyed her character also as a person who you know, she's a grieving mother at the spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie or it happens early you realize that her child has has died and she's just kind of out there you know being a linguist and being a teacher and not necessarily connecting all that well to other humans and this happens and she comes from her state of grief to be connected to other people because this work and understanding and what a metaphor you know being able to understand each other and ourselves you know both linguistically and otherwise uh, is such an important thing um it was so well written like i was saying before i kind of i was watching it this morning i was like i thought i saw this and none of it seemed familiar to me except for Jer jeremy renner because him i never forget um but i was like have i seen this did i just 
have it on one day and it was in the background and I told myself, okay, I checked it off the box and I saw it, but I'm, I'm so glad to have watched it this morning. Yeah. The, the messaging in that movie about aliens is that, uh, that fear isn't necessarily going to aid us in our approach. Right. That's, um, you know, the idea that, well, you know, they, they could show up and be real bad and real scary and real dark, but they could also show up and be the opposite or just benign and just be, you know, like Sam putting up, just checking things out, you know, looking around, like who, who are these, who are these creatures down here and what are right. they? And the whole idea of having the patience and just downright intelligence to be able to communicate with someone in a language that's completely different than anything mm -hmm. we have on earth. And believe me on earth, right. We have a lot of different languages and, uh, I love the Amy Adams character in that movie mm -hmm. because she truly has patience and foresight. And um, yes. I don't, I don't feel like that's reflected in any of the other characters except the aliens. Except the alien. And yeah. also we, I think, I hate to say this, and yes, it's going to be a political message. As humans, we are a terrible group of colonizers exploiters of other communities we go to find things to like the aliens and independence day to take the resources people spices what and we're not asking so i i think that we have ascribed those mm -hmm. uh motivations to aliens because that's what yes. that's what we do we go to new places and say can we take it my son and i watched we one of our favorite movies is the lorax the um yeah that is a great movie. So great. Not an alien movie, but a great movie. But it's it is a movie about understanding resources. Is literally about understanding resources and the fact it's like this tree is here. We should cut it down and sell it. Right. And then now we're going to convince you that trees are bad because we make more money. Literally selling you air. We sell you air, so you don't need trees. Isn't it better not to breathe real air? Trees are messy. Air is dumb. Well, you know, I think this is a great way to compare the idea of a monster with the idea of the human psyche, right? Yeah. So all monsters over time fall into these categories. They're a monster from nature. They're a monster from science. They're a monster uh, that uh, reflects humanity. And alien movies, books, mm -hmm. radio shows all fall into this category as well because they are reflecting what we're afraid of including ourselves and you know i think in arrival forest whitaker even says do you remember what happened to the aboriginal people mm -hmm, mm -hmm, amy mm -hmm. adams character um he says do you remember what happened he's like most of them died when yep. a mm -hmm. more advanced culture arrived so he was pointing out that yep. there could be a reason to be afraid of this more advanced culture and the reality i think one of the bigger messages of arrival is that we don't understand how an alien race will or will not think. They might not right. think like us at all. They might not think like us. They might not think like the animals on this planet. We we truly have no idea what could come. And you know, the article I was reading about SETI, they believe within the next 20 years, which is within our lifetimes, that they will find something out there because their telescopes and their radio is getting so advanced that they can hit many hundreds of light years away now. So mm. they're, they're thinking, and the guy sounded super confident. That could be human arrogance. I don't know. But their belief is that we will, within our lifetimes, know for sure that we're not alone in the world. And like I said, just from NASA already, we know that there are microorganisms out in the universe that aren't terrestrial to Earth. We already know there's other life out mm. there. Yeah, it's so it, interesting. Yeah. I had so much to say and then it all just went out of my head because that was also um, very good. Oh, I know the thought I was going to say is you're talking about and more intelligent life forms is is even the um, admittance that or admittal, whatever it is, admitting that there is somebody who's smarter than us. Mm -hmm. um, now, again, because we are us, all of the alien stuff that we have discourse about is generated by humans because that's what we have right so it's us on some way or another 
either, like you said, fearing these things or wanting to know more, respecting these things, wanting to conquer these things, all the other, all the other sides of it. Um, but yeah, it's literally thinking outside of our boxes, outside of our spheres. Have yeah, you have you seen Resident Alien? Do you know what that is? Oh, with um, uh, what's his name from um, Alan Tudyk? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about a an alien who lands, and he's weird. He has learned about America and about humans by watching Law and Order and procedurals and stuff. And he's just this goofy, weird guy. But he's weird enough because we're all kind of weird now that they just go, he's just an eccentric guy. It's really fun. And it's um it's on USA? No, it's on science. It's on I forget what channel it's on. It's something cable-y, but it's very funny because it's like, what if aliens were just like goofy people who were trying to figure out stuff? And not ill intentioned. As you said, one of the best TV shows of the last 10, 15 years that only lasted two seasons, I think, was The Neighbors on mm. um ABC. on ABC. Did you ever see that show? It was part of the Friday night lineup, which was basically too good for that lineup. And it was about it was so good. This alien family that moves in to this suburban neighborhood next to Jamie Gertz and her husband. And oh. they, um, in New Jersey, in New Jersey. And their names are, they take names from famous people. So the, um, wife is Jackie Joyner Kersey. Um, what was the husband, the son, the, one of the sons is Reggie Jackson. What was the husband's name? I can't remember, but they're, they also decide to sort of like be different kinds of people. So the the parents are both British, but she's, well, she has a British accent. She's African, mm -hmm. British accent. And he's a white guy with a British accent. And their oldest son, Reggie Jackson, is Korean. Yes. And the little boy, whose name I can't remember, was white. But anyway, it was a white kid with red hair. It's a hilarious show, but that talks about what we, people just thought that they were these weird eccentric people even though the neighbors know that they are alien it's a fantastic so and then i was thinking about um 30 rock I mean, the, uh not 30 rock third rock third from rock the from the sun third rock yeah so all of these shows the thing they're doing is normalizing the idea yeah. that there are aliens you know and i wanted to circle back because i have a question i wanted to ask you both so i'm yeah. not a parent but when I was thinking about encounters and I was looking at the children in both Wales and Zimbabwe that saw aliens at school, I'm going to ask you a hard question. Mm -mm. What would you say to your child if they came home and said that at school that day they had seen a flying saucer or had an alien experience? So, I Go ahead. Well, I know what I would want to say. What I would what would want to say is I'd be like, oh my goodness, that's wild. Let's look into it. That's why I would that's why I wish my first instinct would be. But I'm also thinking when you say that's what I was gonna say, but I'm thinking back to my times when my kid would be like, I saw a fighter jet and it had, you know, there was a guy hanging off of it and there were missiles and all of these things, because my kid also has an active imagination. And I think of that, I do live, I live in Annapolis, which is a navy town. So we do have stuff flying overhead at times but I know that there are times where I've been like oh really okay let's think about that and I'm trying to think about what it actually is so I would my answer is I wish that I would believe it because mm -hmm. I do believe those things happen but I also think that my instinct would be to explain it away I agree I also I'm a journalist I would say just like you're saying Rosie you know there's like a bunch of kids saying we all saw the same thing. If a bunch of people said it, I would believe it. I would, if just he said it, yeah, because I there's been lots of, oh, there's a giant pig outside running out. Is there? No, not really. You know, giant pig. So what's more believable, the giant pig or the alien? It's Baltimore. Who knows? Nobody knows. But um, I will say that if he said, no, no, it happened and we saw it on the playground and call Joshua's mother and ask her would he ask her would if he told her and you know I know the principal and his teacher I would check it out I would say this is probably not 
I, I would admit, I would say this is maybe a story, but did y'all see something today? Or also, I live pretty close to my child's school. Mm-hmm. So I would think maybe I would see something, but then you're right. Lynn, Lynn's right. You, even as an adult, you would find reasons to explain it away. Oh, it's a weather balloon. Oh, it's a weird shaped thing. I mean, I, like I said, I live in Baltimore city. So there's a lot of helicopters, news police. Otherwise, you know, we live near some airports and stuff. And, you know, there's some smaller airports that are not major airports that are very close to my house. Um, so and also we live near some world-class hospitals that have helicopters landing on the roofs mm-hmm, uh, shock right. shock trauma is a mile away so there's always lots of stuff in the sky happening and yes our reaction our um our instinct both human humanly and our instinct because of like I said the way that we've been indoctrinated is to talk ourselves out of the thing that we're seeing yeah. um so I, I would hope that I would believe him after trust and verify, <laughs> you know, and maybe it's probably not true, but yeah, if it is, and I, if a bunch of kids said it, this is in a um, Goody Proctor situation, you know, mm-hmm. where there's, you know, reasons to believe that everyone's been, you know, tampered with calling somebody a witch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sam, you were going to say something. There is a very, very, very long step from something happened, a whole bunch of people saw it, a whole bunch of people thought it was aliens, to, yes, it was aliens. Mm-hmm. Occam's Razor leaves you 300 more concise, easily fitting within what we understand of physics in the world, mm-hmm. short of, oh, it was aliens, right. which is part of what drives me bonkers about the 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 ancient aliens which is just patronizing, racist, colonizing crap mm. from opening to closing of season 704. It's like, oh, these people are too primitive. Stop it. No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, they weren't. No, they aren't. And you can go, there's a long, long range of explanations short of aliens. That said, I'm not saying I don't believe in aliens. I'm just saying I don't know that that's that. That's not my first answer. It right. is not the alien. What's well, like, look at things like Stonehenge, which we mentioned on our um, Spinal Tap episode. Um, for, for it's only three feet tall. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Just people the go, make me laugh. Go ahead. That or crop circles or things would go, well, surely nothing could have done. We'll so, well, actually, this is how you can make a crop circle. They're like, no, it's not. They're like, no, literally, here's me making the crop circle. Shut up. But I think you can probably get on YouTube and figure out how to make a crop circle. You know, um, there is that super fascinating movie signs that has the crop circles. Yeah. But then oh, I uh, love that movie. Yeah. Then those aliens come and I, I have questions. My one question about the movie is why would they come to a planet that's mostly water if water kills them? But and who was it, by the way, that told me that when that movie came out? This one. This one, because we went to see, Lynn and I went to see with our late aunt Anne, and I was like, oh, this movie, and Rich went to see, she was like, explain this, riddle me this about the water. And I was like, you know what? I don't even have a um an explanation for this. I was like, and she goes, and also, Wiss and I both being writers, she was like, and nobody caught this? Nobody in the making of the movie? Said- All right, I feel like when I was at NYU, if I would have handed that in, everybody in my class would have been t- tossing me under the bus if I, if I did that. Yeah. You know, like when I went to film school, that would not have flown. And yet here it was on the big screen. Uh, was it Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix? Like, yeah, come on, come I, on. Like nobody said, noticed. Guess, nobody, <laughs> and I, like, literally, listeners, this has been a thing for 20 something years. But that's, and I know you're going to really tell us, but, but that was one of the things about War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. You know, on the radio, what kills them is that. They, our bacteria, yeah, our, our bacteria, bacteria virus, yeah. They they can't deal with with organic earthly material, and so it's so funny that like, oh, like maybe I didn't do your research, y'all. We well, you know that's why it doesn't make sense if there was an alien race that they would come check things out first, decide like, do we want to check this place out? You know, because what we're doing is listening to their pop culture broadcasts. They might think we're absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. kind of like the pop culture aliens you're describing that gain all their knowledge about humanity from our TV shows. Uh, what 
seriously, like if if that's all you knew about us as a species, it, it's a little bit. Um, it is cheesy. You would think that we were quite ridiculous, but, uh, and maybe we are anyway, but that said, you know, would they want to come and see if there's anything here worth knowing, if there's anything here worth checking out at all, if, so if we, if we even have a planet that they can exist on, if they wanted to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of Why like, would they go through all that trouble if they didn't know this? Right. Why would they bring everybody along if they couldn't handle water? It's so wild. And even think of the scene where they're the little kids, Mel Gibson's little kids are putting glasses of water around yeah. to to get rid of the to keep the aliens away, like garlic for a vampire. Right. You know? Right. Um that's really um wild. I have questions you know, so, about that too. About the garlic and the vampire. <laughs> yeah, it's it was so funny. One of the things you said, and I know we're kind of going around in circles, but you're talking about the kids stuff. There's a podcast that Leslie's been on that we listen to um, a lot. Uh, you're wrong about. Yes. Where they talk about um, basically things that we think are true in culture that there's actually another side to. And they did. That sounds amazing. I love that idea. It's, it's a great. fantastic show. And they did an episode about, you would know this story, Rissa, the fairies. Mm-hmm. And the fae, right? The 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 little girls who said that they saw the fairies and not friendly, not Disney. No, but yeah. but, but I'm thinking the one the girls that it turned out were like making it up, and they showed yeah. how they how they manipulated the whole sort of thing. I mean, but they were like making money off of it. I mean, it was wild. Other they sold were... they sold postcards. I mean, this is in in England, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds very enterprising. Yes. Very enterprising. But again, that just reminded me that about this oh, whole the, like would you say? The Arthur Conan Doyle nonsense one. Is that the one? Yes. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Arthur yes, Conan yes. Doyle was was a part of this whole insanity. People who wanted to believe and um these little girls who were kind of like, when can we jump off of this? Because we didn't mean <laughs> to do all that. We didn't mean to do all that. Uh, Yes. But 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 again, the whole thing about believing people and wanting to believe people and your children, especially, and what that looks like. They're in the encounters show on the first episode. Um, did you there? <laughs> um, the newspaper yeah. uh, editor. Yes, the the managing editor who was right. not a believer until she saw it herself. Yeah, about how and she fired um, a reporter. Yeah, they went, they ran with the story and she's like, they're going to make me look like an idiot. It was like a slow news day, right? And they were right. like, okay, let's put it up there. You know, and um, she was like, people are going to think I'm an, I'm an idiot. Because again, what does that look like to let go of what, I'm doing air quotes, people, you can't see me, of, of what seems to be an air quote. Um, I don't know. Now I have the lyrics to what a fool believes in my head, but whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, you know, maybe. when you're talking about encounters and you're talking about those folks in Texas, it, it was hundreds of people who saw, yeah. who saw something in the sky. And, you know, it's still out there. I mean, well, the truth is out there. Nobody knows what it was. And, you know, it, Sam, you're right. It, it, it could have been a number of things. But every hundreds of people over a range of space had a similar experience. And that would be a newsworthy thing from my experience in journalism. You know, you might not necessarily want to slap a UFO headline on it, or maybe you would. I mean, this is a time of day or time in time. Does that make sense? This is a time when you want to sell newspapers, right? But, um, and a UFO headline will do that for you. However, she didn't believe until it happened to her. And, you know, circling around where I started, a lot of the folks who come to me and share their stories and I listen to with an open mind and compassion, which is something so needed right now in this world, mm -hmm. uh, on many ways, I will always listen to someone's story and I will always offer mm -hmm. them the openness to say, I believe that you know what you saw and that you saw something. And I'm, I'm not qualified to say what it was. But I always, I can tell in people's voices and body language that yeah. they saw something. Just like I think all those people in Texas, all those children in Zimbabwe, all the people yeah. in Wales and Japan, they saw something. 
And a lot of them actually have documentation of it too. So there's something there, you know, they, there was something in the sky. I, we don't know what it was. And until we know, we're guessing. This That's is fascinating. And I think it's a great way to end this. Rissa I was going to say that. I was going to say that too. What a great ending line. <laughs> you and me are twins. Um, what? Rissa is, as I said, this is the first time that she came on. I'm saying this again is one of the smarter people that we've ever had on this show um, who like prepares because at the, the root of this, we're like, oh, it's a goofy pop culture thing. Oh, it's, it's aliens and Mel Gibson. And she's like, from the Mesopotamian, here is a scroll. And I no, love I, that about top, her. I love that. Top, top three prepared guests, Rissa, David Neary, the guy that we had on last week, and Sam's child, Raya, who knows <laughs> everything there is to know about anime. And we were all like, what, 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 what? So yeah, thank you. Top three. Thank you. you know, I, we're I am a journalist by, I am a journalist by training. So, yes, you know, I, I research everything. I, I have pages and pages of notes that I prepare just in case I need to reference. But, you know, I think at the end, this, at the end of this story, uh, Agent Mulder said it best. I want to believe. Yeah. Well, I do. well, Rissa, how can people find you and what you're doing? What do you got to promote? What's happening? <laughs> uh, they can find me at my website, teaandsmoke.com. I am currently booking my 2024 speaking season. I don't have that information up yet, but uh, maybe till this airs, I will have more out there. And what do you talk about? Oh, my area is esoteric history. And I do ghost tours. I do talks about the history of witches and cryptids and uh, superstitions. And I sort of, <laughs> I like to pull at these things till I find the roots. And I can um, put uh, an explanation if possible on them. Some, there's no explanation to be found. But others, there's plenty of uh, dirt to dig up around it. I love it. Well, this has been fantastic. Oh, well, the question that we always ask, um, do you think that the idea or the notion that there is something out there, it's cheesy, and if you do, do you care? <laughs> you know, I, if we're talking about it strictly in the terms of movies, it certainly can be cheesy. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's talk about Mars Attacks. But mm. that said... Uh, I don't think in reality the idea is cheesy. I think to believe that we're the only species and the, the only thing going in the entire universe is maybe just a little arrogant. The, yeah. the universe is huge. Doesn't necessarily mean that everybody uh, is here. Doesn't mean that they aren't. It means that we just don't know. Do I care? Yeah, I do care. I, I think that um, it will be fascinating life to to maybe see what's coming. Mm -hmm. Well, this is amazing. Uh, did you ask the where can we find you question? I did. Okay. I thought I did. My brain is not whatever. I, I have another job and people keep texting me about that job. So I'm trying to pretend that I'm anyway. So uh, thank you guys so much <laughs> for for uh, for everything. Thank you uh, as always, uh, Twin Sister Lynn, producer Sam, uh, Rissa, one of the loves of my life. And thank you guys for listening. Um, as we always say, keep it easy, keep it breezy, keep it cheesy. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.